Welcome, I am Bree. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, the founder of Femme Fusion Fitness, and the author of Lady Bits, Understand Your Body, Elevate Your Health, and Reclaim Your Spark Naturally. My mission is to build community and awareness around women's wellness and pelvic health. I invite you to listen, laugh, learn about, and love all of the bits that make you whole. Let's go to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another great show. This is an interview with my friend, Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen actually invited me to be a guest on her podcast a couple of months ago, and I will put the link to that episode in the show notes if you want to hear me on her podcast. But for this interview, we decided to talk about getting off of hormonal birth control naturally and how to kind of ease that transition a little bit. So I love Dr. Jen's approach. She is just really, really a cool gal. She is an OBGYN who has a really, really holistic approach. She's not only an OBGYN, but she's also a health coach with a specialty in hormone health. And she helps women balance their hormones naturally so they can boost their energy, have pain-free periods, calm digestion, and clear skin. And she says that unlike most doctors in women's health, her holistic approach to healing does not focus on medications, but nutrition and lifestyle shifts. And I know without a doubt that if you listen to my show and if you like what I have to say, then you can get behind everything right there about you know nutrition and lifestyle being such a big key factor in um, you know just keeping things balanced naturally and getting back into balance naturally. So I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation today. We talk about everything from how to get to know your own natural cyclical rhythms again after you get off birth control, how to exercise and eat during different times of your cycle to help support hormone balance. We also talk about seed cycling, sleep, multivitamins, healthy fats, all the good stuff, so much more. So to get the information that we do mention a few things in the in the show that you might want more of. So one thing is Jen's course. There's going to be a link to that in the show notes. She also has a freebie that you can sign up to get, which is always fun, a little free gift for you. And I am going to include my recipe for moon chocolate or a link to, to get my recipe for moon chocolate in the notes below. So I mentioned that in the in the interview and a lot of people in my FemFusion family have tried moon chocolate over the years and really enjoyed it. So links to all of that and more are in the show notes. So check it out. Let's get right to the interview. I have Dr. Jen with us today, and I'm really excited to talk about this topic because I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me and ask about birth control and a lot of people wanting to get off of birth control at a certain point. Um, people who are potentially wanting to conceive, you know, so they're wanting to get off birth control because they want to conceive or people who've been on birth control for quite a long time. They're, you know, using birth control pills like oral contraceptives or even um, other forms of hormonal contraception, but they're, they're getting older. They've, they're done having kids, but they just are thinking there's got to be an alternative to using these pills and that kind of thing. So even if they're younger or a little bit older, people are wanting off. And that's why I have Dr. Jen on with us today. So Dr. Jen, thank you for being here. And let's talk about first why people might want to get off uh, birth control naturally. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here to chat with you today. 
Well, some people will come and come to me and ask me, they want to be off birth control because they're trying to have a baby. And so they need, they maybe want to prepare for a couple of months ahead of time and try to see what their cycles are going to be like. Um, And I think that's really a great reason to get off if you have another backup option so that if you don't want to get pregnant at that moment, then you will. But it's good to know that information as you're preparing to get pregnant, because you want to make sure that you know, do I have normal cycles? Are they every 28 days? Are they all over the map? Because those are things that we can focus on right away with helping you to conceive. But other reasons why people might want to get off birth control, some people just don't feel like themselves, like they don't feel you know, they may be moody or they just don't feel right. And if they don't need it from a birth control standpoint, then getting off and using your body's own ability to regulate itself is better for them long-term. They don't need to be on anything that's artificial, that's creating that perfect environment for them. They might be fine on their own. And I even see that sometimes clients will say my periods were actually better off of the birth control because I was actually making, it was too much hormone for me. Mm-hmm. And so they were making them worse, their periods, or maybe more moodiness or just breaking out or other kind of hormone signs. And so they ultimately want to be off. And certainly when you are over 40, extra estrogen, especially artificial estrogen can sometimes cause some weight gain. And so that's often a very common reason people who hit 40 are like, well, I don't need birth control anymore. Let's just see what my body does and um, see if this is hurting me to sort of maintain my weight or lose weight because your metabolism certainly slows down after 40. And so artificial hormones can sometimes not work with you, but against you in that particular thing. So those are kind of the common reasons why people might want to be off of birth control. And would being on, let's just say the pill, for example, would being on that mask symptoms of perimenopause, like what I'm thinking about that age range, like getting close to 40, 42, 43, would the pill kind of mask those symptoms So definitely in the perimenopause time, you would be, those symptoms would be masked because you're getting enough during perimenopause. There's a little decline in those hormones, but it's not drastic. Like when you actually go through menopause. Mm -hmm. And so women who maybe have a little bit of night sweats where they're throwing the cover off at night, that's going to be masked by a birth control pill because you're given the estrogen that's, that you essentially are declining, right? So if you have a little drop in your estrogen, but you're being given that estrogen, you wouldn't know any different. Mm -hmm. So it'll create a perfect environment or a perfect, um, 28 day cycle as if someone was 20, Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who's 42, who might be having a little bit of a dip in their estrogen progesterone right before their period. And so they might be throwing the covers off or feeling a little bit fatigued and feeling a little bit bloated. And those are all sort of those perimenopausal symptoms that's that, you know, your cycle starting to change a little bit. So you wouldn't likely not notice them on a birth control pill because you are given the hormone that your body wants from Mm -hmm. that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But somebody who's thinking, gosh, I have been on this pill since I was 20 years old. I'm now 40 years old, you know, save for maybe the times that I was trying to have a child and conceived, or, you know, if that was in your path and you're thinking, gosh, this has been 20 some odd years. I've been on this pill. I want to get off. What then advice do you have for people? What, what might they expect as they're going through that transition time, whether they're younger and not experiencing perimenopause, you know, changes, or if they're maybe closer to 40 or so, like what might they expect? Um, how long will it take to re-regulate their cycle and how should they prepare themselves and how should they do it? So you can definitely just stop the pill. There's no reason, there's no way to taper it down or to slowly go. If you make a decision to get off, then you're really going to stop the pill. 
But if you have been on it for a very long time, like say 10 years, your cycles are going to be very different than they were 10 years ago. You just don't know because you've had the same artificially created cycle. So to you, it'll be different because it's been 10 years. And <laughs> so you were 10 years older. And so I often tell people to be patient with the, the process. It's pretty common to get kind of a heavy period that first time when you get off the pill, cause you're getting all those hormones out of your body. It's a, quite a drop from having something to nothing, mm -hmm. but then your body just kicks in and says, okay, I know what to do. I know I have this normal rhythm. That's a 20 day around 20 day rhythm. And so it will kick in and start to give you those cycles that you, um, that you are going to have. It's just, it takes about three or so months to kind of get to that regular um, state. And most people find, especially if they're, you know, over 40 or you know, say 38, they're going to find that they have in general lighter cycles than they did probably in their twenties. Um, it's just a matter of getting it in, is it regular or is it not? Mm -hmm. um, but patience is extremely important, making sure that you identify those symptoms that maybe, maybe you're off it for three months and you say, you know what, I am not pleasant to be around. <laughs> I don't like it. I decided that for me, this, the night sweats are too much or then, you know, the, these things, these symptoms are too much. And so sometimes I do have women who go back on the pill who decide that my symptoms are just too much for me to handle. Um, but more people who decide and make a decision to get off, stay off of the pill. Cause you know, why be on something you don't need for right? sure. If you don't need it. You don't need it. So for sure. Yeah. And I think there's so many, um, you know, there's sometimes absolutely there's great reasons to be on hormonal birth control, but I think that there's also so many reasons to get off too. I think, um, you know, that I, and I know personally, I felt so much better and finally felt so much more like me when I was off the pill. It did. I felt like the pill actually made me feel not like me. And I want to talk mm -hmm. then about, first of all, I want to talk about cycle syncing because I know that's something you're really interested in and also ways to help support natural hormone balance so that you can maybe ease this transition when you stop taking it. How can you support your hormones naturally to maybe help even things out a little bit faster or smoother? Yeah. So it makes sense when you're on a pill that you wouldn't necessarily feel like yourself mm -hmm. because what happens on a normal cycle is, you know, you have menstruation where your hormone levels are low. And then as you go into the follicular phase, the first phase, well, some people consider menstruation the first. So second phase, I should say mm -hmm. your hormone levels rise and they're going to continue to rise, 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 rise until you hit ovulation time. And then there's a peak and then they continue to sort of decline um, and go down to where your body recognizes that dip. And so it says, okay, it's time to shed the lining and have my period again. So a pill that says every single day is exactly the same is not mimicking your body. It's, it's just not. So it's saying that every day is exactly day, let's say follicular phase. So say day seven, every day is day seven. <laughs> it doesn't matter what day you're in. It's day seven. And so someone who I, I often hear people who would say, I don't feel like myself. I just, I feel kind of just kind of blah, like I don't have, like my personality is not really there. I don't feel the same. And, and you, you could see where they would feel that way, especially the more that you learn about um, the concept of cycle syncing, cycle syncing, which is really, it's, I did not trademark that it's by Elisa Vitti who created the, um, the concept of cycle syncing. And the idea is not only do women have a circadian rhythm, so they have the 24 day cycle, but they also have an infraradian uh, rhythm where it's a 28 day rhythm. So they have both. And so the, the concept is really, it depends on which phase you're in in your cycle, the way that you not only should eat, 
but what exercise you should do, what work tasks you should do, um, that your performance level is actually based upon where you are on your face, which to me makes a lot of sense. Being a, a women's health ex- expert, as I say, of course, you're going to be much more productive. You know, I, I rarely see the woman who's like, doing hardcore hit exercises in her on her period. She's like, Nope, <laughs> it's time to rest. Like it's time to reflect. It's time to just re-energize. And that's really kind of goes along with that concept. So if some people are interested in cycle syncing, then I often kind of talk to them about what is the normal menstrual cycle? What is the basics of the menstrual cycle? And then how can you optimize what you eat to then make you um, work that phase work for you, essentially. Um, and not everybody's interested in the concept of cycle seeking. Sometimes we just talk about good hormone balance because in general, I think most um, women could use a little bit help with clean eating in general. We all kind of have an American diet that's a little bit not uh, a little fast foody and a little convenient. And so clean eating in general will help balance your hormones in general. Um, but certainly cycle syncing, cycle syncing is definitely a great concept for women who are really trying to focus on what they're doing on which particular part of their cycle as they're trying to get back to normal and regular. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely something that I didn't understand for the longest time was working and allowing my own cycle and my own rhythms. Cause you said we have that 24 hour a day rhythm, of course, the circadian, but then the, the other, the, the cyclical menstrual cycle rhythm too. And I used to be that person where you mentioned that a lot of women, you know, don't do the hit workouts on their period. I was the type that did because I'm like, well, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize, like, I just thought I had to push through at all costs. Like I knew I didn't feel good, but I thought, well, this is what I, this is what I do. This was many, many years ago, folks, but I did, I did push through. I mainly was, was a big runner before my child. And, um, you know, at that time I would run every day cause I was a little bit obsessed <laughs> and it's like, it didn't matter if I was having my period or, you know, for me personally, now that I really understand my cycle, I know that I feel extremely low energy when I ovulate too. And a lot of people, some people actually don't, they actually feel pretty good when they ovulate. For me, I don't, I really feel very low energy when I ovulate. And when I am about to start my period, I feel like I'm getting almost sick. Like my body just really wants to slow down. And I sometimes just want to give my younger self a hug thinking about the fact that first of all, for so long, my birth control pills you know, made it so that I I had no idea that there even was a cycle that I should, you know, that I could be experiencing if I was not on an artificially regulated cycle. But even when I got off the pill, I just didn't understand that there was that rhythm that I, you know, should be allowing my body that rest. I just didn't know. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, if you run every single day, you know, there's some days where you feel like you are on point and doing great. And other days you're like, why am I doing the same exact three miles? But I just can't seem to get myself going and it's so much more effort and I just don't feel it. It doesn't feel right. And so those are kind of why I like that concept of cycle seeking. Cause to me, depending on where you are, you're going to be more in peak performance than other times, you know, like, you know, for you, ovulation is not a time you can be doing those peak performances. So probably not trying to do your sprints or your hits Mm -hmm. or, you know, hot yoga, things that are a little bit more strenuous are not going to be good good ideas for you for ovulation because it doesn't work with your, your body versus, you know, if you just kind of go every day, I run three miles, you're going to notice that you have those variations on when, if the three miles go great, then three miles go bad. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's where understanding your body and understanding how your cycles work and understanding how you each phase is important will help you to figure out what works for you. And maybe, you know, doing a, you know, uh, an interview for a job when you are on your ovulation is not a great idea for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, have you noticed a lot of variation in women? Like I know there's sort of a general, there's general guidelines as to how people tend to feel through their cycle when they are naturally regulated and not artificially regulated by the pill, for example. Um, but we know that everybody's different. And like I said, some people feel great when they ovulate. I, I don't personally, but have you noticed that there are kind of broad categories of the way people tend to feel throughout their cycle? Like, does it typically go that the, the one way or is there different variations that you tend to see? Most people kind of follow that same idea of, you know, during menstrual phase, then you're sort of resting, relaxing. You're not usually interested in doing things that are high performance activities. Um, It's a good time for like reflection with journaling and maybe uh, gentle yoga, like those kind of thing. It's also a good time to eat things that are much more um, nutrient dense Mm -hmm. because you're losing, you know, minerals like iron. And so you want to replace those. So it's a good time to sort of eat those um, foods like soups and stews and things that have a little bit more um, nutrient dense ingredients to them. And then as your hormones rise, um, most people sort of see a little bit of metabolism dip in that particular time. And so people who are really into intermittent fasting, that's a great time to be considering doing intermittent fasting that first uh, week during follicular phase. Um, It's also time to do like light cooking and more things that are um, lighter in nature and focusing on exercise. That's a little bit more strenuous than you would have done in your menstrual phase, but maybe, um, you know, like hiking, walking, um, hot yoga, but as long as you're not killing yourself in hot yoga, because sometimes that can be a little intense, things like that, like maybe a little bit more cardio and then ovulation. Interestingly enough, most people find that ovulation is their peak performance. Yeah. It's where they have high energy, they have, they're very social, they like to be in those kind of work environments where they're really um, giving presentations, you know, they're, they're kind of in that social time, obviously, you're interested, your libido's up, so you're interested in that intimacy. And so that that tends to be the trend in general for ovulation, but not everybody's the same. Mm -hmm. It also is a good time that you could eat those things like chocolate and alcohol, like things that are a little bit more, you know, um, a little bit, or a little um, more, not dense, but a little bit more kind of um, hearty, I suppose. And then as you kind of have the peak part of luteal phase, which is the next phase and starts to decline, there's sort of a distinct difference between the first half of your luteal phase and the second half, because people will often still feel that high from ovulation timeframe. And then as they get closer to their menstrual cycle, then your hormones start to go down. You tend to have metabolism tends to increase because you all, you also have insulin that's helping to regulate your blood sugars. So we talk a lot about sort of foods that help regulate blood sugars a little bit better, like good grains, like quinoa and peppers and things that are having really good, um, kind of liver detox, uh, effects because your hormones were high. So you really want to kind of take them back down. And then certainly you, um, tend to be doing a little bit more Um, things that you can use complex carbs for. So like your HIIT exercise, it's a little bit more strenuous because you're still trying to kind of get down from that 
um, peak. And then you're down to the menstrual phase where you tend to be resting and reflecting in general. So it's kind of this normal variation. And, but, but if you start to kind of try those concepts and you realize they're not for you, Mm -hmm. then you adjust, you adjust to what, you know, you can't do that on a birth control pill because every day is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. You don't know any different. So it lets you kind of figure out what not only foods work for you, what exercise works for you, what work performance works for you. I found a lot of what I've seen on some of the coaching thing that coaching that I've done with cycle syncing is that women really kind of go, Oh, I'm going to take the pressure off myself. Like I'm not going to try to give my big presentation during my period week because it's not fair to myself. Mm -hmm. So it's, I almost feel like women are a little bit more open to lifestyle and mindset changes when they have understood a little bit more about their body. Cause then it gives you a chance to say, well, this is probably not a good time for me. Now, obviously if your work, you have to do a job interview, you have to do a job interview, but if you can change, if you're in charge of say your projects, you're in charge of maybe setting aside your calendar for the next 30 days, you can, you can change those things and make them work with you so that you don't feel that pressure to do something when you're not ready to do it. Hey there, please excuse this quick interruption. I want to remind you one more time to please check the show notes. There's, first of all, so many great things that we have for you in the show notes, including my moon chocolate recipe and information from Dr. Jen. But I also include a link to my lift program, which is a course that's specifically designed for prolapse and bladder leakage, two really common issues that women of childbearing years and older deal with. So if you want at-home help for those issues, then please check out Lyft. It's a five-week course. I've had feedback that it's literally changed women's lives. Check it out in the notes below. Now back to the show. So that you don't feel that pressure to do something when you're not ready to do it for that particular time. Yes. I love that. And I have found personally that for me, like, like with work, um, I tend to get very, very anxious and irritable and very, yeah, well, just anxious. I guess that's the right word kind of spun out right before my period, uh, like so many women do. And <laughs> I've, I used to really beat myself up about that, but now I realize because I understand my cycle, okay, my period's coming. And this really isn't the best time to be, like you said, putting, putting out, like launching a new program or doing something that really requires me to be out and maybe on social media or that kind of thing. So I have allowed myself to give myself that pass. And I still do work that, you know, is more mundane kind of task oriented stuff. But when it comes to like my creative projects, I save that for when I feel my personal best, which is usually about, so like I say, I start my period, that's day one of my cycle. I usually feel really good around day four, like right Mm. as I'm just, you know, getting out of that bleeding phase and starting to feel really, really good about day four, five, six, seven, that's usually my, that's my jam time right there. (laughs) And that's when I want to go. And what I've learned is that I have so much more energy to go during that good phase for me when I give myself that rest and I don't force myself to push through that quieter inward time. Cause it's, it's almost like taking that time off allows me to do double when I'm feeling good. And if I didn't do that, then I would just sort of be doing a a halfway job the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and if you do a halfway job, but then it gets into the emotional aspect where you're like down about, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. Maybe I don't do a good job. Like it can really spiral into this whole imposter syndrome, right? Where you're like, well, you know, maybe I'm not meant to do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe. And had you waited like six days, (laughs) you'd be like, I'm on fire. Look at me. (laughs) Like I'm a woman on fire. So I think, you know, I, I think it's only fair to yourself to take that into account and to say, I am understand my body. I know what I need to do to make it better for myself and to make it better for other people around me too. Right. This is, has to do with relationships with human beings. And so that's better for them as well. If you're at a peak performance during that time and not trying to promise them something that you can't deliver Yeah, from that standpoint. For sure. And I know for me, this took a long time to, you know, first of all, reset my hormones and then to also understand what, what the heck was happening and what my kind of cycle looked like. Um, do you have any, any other tips as we kind of wrap up for people? I know we've talked about food and and kind of supporting yourself through the cycle in that way. Clean eating in general is always helpful, but any other tips as people navigate this time and try to figure out themselves and start tracking with what happens in their cycle, maybe with a period tracker or something like that. Any other tips? Yeah, I, you know, not because I'm in my forties, but I do believe writing it down is hugely important. Um, I know there's a lot of apps nowadays and a lot of trackers, but I think sometimes, I mean, I have patients who will come in and say, well, I'm not matching to this perfectly. And this isn't, you know, this isn't working for me. And it can almost sometimes work against you when you're just constantly worried why they're so different than you. Mm-hmm. And so as you get, it's going to take time to get back to your normal cycle and it'll be take time for you to figure this out. So forget about all the electronic stuff and all the apps and just write it down. Mm. Just get some paper out. You can get, you know, literally print off a calendar, a blank calendar and just write it down. And you'll be surprised as you start going through this month by month by month, you'll kind of go, Oh, I see a pattern here. Like I see this was a time when, you know, say it took me six weeks to get my first period. Now it's four. Now I'm right on track with where I want to be. It's just much easier to see on paper. And you can certainly write down days that you had symptoms, like you didn't feel very good or your mood was bad, or you just felt bloated. And you can kind of start to see some trends that might help you, especially as you change your diet. Because if you start realizing that maybe you have to eliminate dairy out of your diet because you're bloating like crazy, you know, for the first two weeks of your, of your cycle. So I think writing it down is hugely helpful to get a good old, you know, pencil and paper and just document it. Um, it, for hormone balancing it, regardless of cycle syncing or not, I honestly believe clean eating is huge for everyone. And if you focus on clean eating, you focus on good, um, healthy fats, which will balance your hormones, then that will be, I mean, that's like two thirds of the way there. You've, you've figured out clean eating and balancing good, Uh, hormone balancing diet with good fats, eating the rainbow, making sure that you're not eating too many carbs, you know, that kind of normal balance will help you overall with trying to do that. And then most people kind of forget about lifestyle stuff like sleep. Mm. It doesn't matter what you do. If you do not sleep and take care of yourself and rest when you need to rest, you can eat beautifully for 28 days. But if you sleep two hours a night, it'll never work. You have to focus on sleep. You have to focus on hydration. You really have to focus on those lifestyle components because you'll, you'll not, you will just not get where you want to be unless you focus on those other aspects as well. It's not just about diet. 
It always is so simple, isn't it? It comes down to diet, stress management, and getting enough sleep. It's like, that's the foundation of so many things, including natural hormone balance. Yeah. And I think there's a component too of mindset. I think sometimes change is hard. And so if you are open to the idea and you give yourself the grace to know, like it's sometimes it's going to go well, sometimes it's going to be a rocky road, but you're going to get where you want to be. Then I think it's much better um, as you go through this process that it'll go better. If you're sort of, you say to yourself, it's okay. Like I'm going to have, I might have a rough month. The first month, it's going to get better. The second, it's going to be even better. The third, it's going to be even better. Fourth. And you're going to learn so much more, but you're going to have to let yourself know that it's going to be ups and downs. That's kind of, when you get it off birth control, you had a perfect environment and now you're going to have to figure it out. It's like relearning everything again. So it's important for people to sort of give themselves that grace and know that it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And um, yeah, I wanted to just put in there that I have a, in my book, Lady Bits, I do have a period moon and mood tracker in there that's handwritten. It's just, you know, like you're saying pen to paper, you can just make your own tracker, but it's, it's kind of a fun way to take a look at what day of your cycle you're on every month. And then to take a, take a note of your mood that day, because I think that like you're saying, I mean, these ups and downs, these waves and just sort of readjusting to everything. You might notice some, some big waves of emotion and that's okay. Like it's actually part of our superpower is to have this cycle with all of these amazing changes that can take place. Cause some days you also feel so inspired and so great and like almost uh, have wild dreams in certain parts of the (laughs) cycle, like really almost spiritual experiences. And if you start taking note of things that you maybe don't even think matter, but you just notice them, then you might start noticing a pattern over the months. And then it's, it's also fun to kind of track the moon along with it too, because it's, it's actually quite common for women to sync up with the moon, mm-hmm. the moon phases. So fun to just notice all these little, notice all these little details and see what it's like for you. And also know, like you've said this whole time that everybody's different. And, and one thing I want to say about the moon phases or about any of this is that if, if you don't sync up to the moon or if you don't sync up to, you know, ovulating with the full moon or whatever it may be, it doesn't mean that you're broken or that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Even if you read somewhere, even if you read in my book, cause I do talk about how, you know, this connection between cycling and the moon phases, but I've had some people actually reach out to me and say, oh my gosh, like, is there something wrong with me? I don't cycle that way. I cycle the opposite way, or I don't, I'm not connected to the moon at all. Is there something wrong? Oh no. And I'm like, no, oh no, my gosh, that was not my intention in writing that. It's just a point of interest and it's something that many people notice. So if you are different than cycling with the moon, don't worry about it, please. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're not, we're definitely not all built the same. No, no. And so that's okay. That's, that's the beautiful part. Actually, you learn from other people. So it's completely normal to just do your thing and that's okay. That's what this is about is figuring out you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can I ask you one last thing before we go on Mm -hmm. the topic of food? And that is, uh, are you, do you do seed cycling at all? Is that something you recommend to people or not? 
So seed cycling is part of the cycle syncing method um, because they do in that particular thing, you talk about different seeds that are beneficial, certain seeds you can eat in each phase. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that seed cycling is kind of its own concept. In general, there are some women who just do that. They just add those particular seeds from different uh, fruits and um, well, it's like pumpkin and those kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, and so they'll just do that. But usually it goes along with trying to also eat certain foods during those phases. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I do, you know, on the list of, of foods that I tell people they can, they not can have, but should have during that time frame or want to try to, to eat some of, there are seeds in that list. So, mm-hmm. the, so it does talk about what particular seeds are better for each part of the cycle. Cause it's the nutrients in them, right? You're trying to focus on what minerals and vitamins are in those particular seeds mm-hmm. that are going to benefit you during that phase where you're, where you're maybe deficient in it. So that's the concept of seed cycling is like, okay, if I have, if I need vitamin B, then I need to focus on these particular seeds that are high in vitamin B. So that's kind of the idea. And it often will run very um, in parallel with cycle syncing because you're trying to eat those foods usually with those seeds (laughs) in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pumpkin curry soup or something with Mm -hmm. sprinkled chia seeds, you know, like it's kind of that idea. Mm Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy seed cycling. Just, I think it's fun. I I don't like live and die by it, but I do think it's fun. And I think it's a neat idea to support your hormone balance in that way. And I do have a, um, a a moon chocolate recipe that uses the pumpkin and flax seeds during the follicular phase and then sunflower and sesame seeds during the luteal phase, which is what's generally recommended for the seed cycling. And I don't know, honestly, I don't know if I really notice a huge difference, but I notice a little bit of a difference when I'm eating those seeds regularly. I do feel a little bit more balanced and I know mm-hmm. I feel more balanced when I take a good quality multivitamin throughout my cycle, which so often I forget to take my vitamins. But is that, I guess, I guess I had yet another question for you, Jen, <laughs> is do you recommend a good quality multivitamin for people or, or do you not think it's necessary if people are just eating a clean diet? Um, I think for the average person, you know, we're on the go so much. We're, we're about convenience. We're you know, loading up the kids, going to soccer practice, making things. So if, if you're someone who's very prepared and prep for your meals and you know, you're getting the adequate amount of nutrients then you probably don't need a multivitamin, mm-hmm. but for the, the average woman, they're busy with work, kids, you know, shuttling kids to different events. And so they can't always eat. They can't always guarantee they've gotten the nutrients that they need in mm-hmm. the day. You know, they're going to be maybe one of their meals is on their go or, you know, they're just not necessarily going to be able to eat what they want. So then a good multivitamin is a great way to augment your diet. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like, like I said, if you're someone who can basically meal prepping, you know exactly what you're going to eat for the week and you're getting what you need, you don't need anything extra. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I have a job and I have kid, four kids and trying to juggle those things. I take a good multivitamin with fish oil because I f- f- firmly believe in um, getting fish oil. I live in the Midwest, so we don't have a lot of fresh fish to choose from. Mm-hmm. So definitely not ocean fish. And so I often will eat, will have my vitamin with uh, DHA or fish oil, either one. And that's so I can get those omegas that I need uh, mm-hmm. that I may not necessarily get through um, ocean fish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it depends on what your lifestyle is like. Um, if you are able to, to, to plan out those meals, you don't need it. But if you don't, then a good multivitamin with a um, anti-inflammatory in it, such as fish oil is great. Okay. I love this. Okay. So we're going to do our sleep. We're going to do our stress management. We're going to have our healthy fats. We're going to eat our vegetables, maybe take that multivitamin. If we want to, we're going to write down our cycle as we 
get to know it again, as we get to be reacquainted mm-hmm. with the natural cycle. Um, fantastic. I think this is wonderful. And I know that you have a program that talks about natural hormone balance. Is that something that you want to share? Yeah. So in April, I'm going to be doing my second um, run of a group coaching program. It's called Hormone Reset. And so it's a 30 day program that we're going to discuss how to exactly what we were just talking about, how to eat for your hormones. So how to eat the right things to then promote good hormone balance without needing to take a birth control pill. And then also kind of put in there with some other tips on lifestyle, like what do we need to focus on as far as what type of exercise we should do for our hormones and then mindset work. So it's going to be a pretty comprehensive 30 day program and it starts um, April 19th. So the end of the month. And so the idea is really, I'm there to support you. There are other women to support you. And then we're, you have a um, self-paced digital course that you can go through on your own, but with support of both myself and the other women. That's fantastic. That sounds really, really good. I will put uh, links to your website and information, and also I'll link to your program as well um, in the show notes so people can check that out. Yeah. And people are welcome to email me. If you have questions about anything I said, please feel free to email me. I'm always happy to email people back about when they're confused as to what I'm saying, or they just want me to direct them to somebody that might be helpful if you're in menopause and you need someone to help you balance your hormones. I have a great friend who does that. So I'm always happy to steer people the right direction to get help. They need, yeah. Would you say that the population for this program, is there a certain age range for the group program? Just just so folks know? Definitely someone cycling still. So someone in menopause is not the ideal person because we're trying to eat for our hormones. We're trying to balance our hormones, women who are still cycling. Okay. So if you're still having your period, even if it's, yep. even if you're in perimenopause and things are That's changing okay. a bit. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jen. I am really grateful to have you here. I also loved being on your show. I'll be sure to put the link to our interview when I was on your podcast in the show notes as well. So definitely folks check out the show notes. There's all sorts of fun links down there. Thank you. It's been my honor to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast was helpful for you today, please share it with a friend. Tell them you know, what you learned and how it's going to be helpful and amazing for them to talk about this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and also check the show notes for all the links you need, including how to follow me on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit. We'll see you next time.